0: And uh, wow, it was just such an encouragement to him. He praises God for comforting their hearts by the coming of Titus. And he's continuing to talk about the encounter with Titus. And really just how, how Titus was when he got to Paul. And you know how Titus had reacted to this. And so uh, 13 to sixty, chapter 7 verse 13 to sixty. Therefore we can been comforted in your comfort. and we avoid receiving more than what a titan, which is serious to, the title, but to, to refreshed by your heart. For if in anything I have spoken to him about you, I am not a ashamed, As he spoke all things seem him truth, even so are both the titan's responses. The discussions are greater for you, if you remember that he needs to be lost, how fear and trembling is evil. Therefore, I rejoice that I have confidence. Okay, so Paul's comforted by the report about the Corinthians, but also the joy of Titus. I mean, seeing how happy Titus was, and seeing how he's been refreshed by being with them, that just added the icing on the cake. You know, because now this has really pumped Titus up. And, you know, I love verse 14. It's a little complicated, but wow, this is good stuff. For if in anything I boasted to him about you, I was not put to shame. But as we spoke all things to you in truth, so also our boasting before Titus proved to be the truth. Now, here's what I think was going on with that. I think Paul had told Titus, hey, the Corinthians are great. They're going to receive you great. They're going to receive the letter great. But what if they didn't? <laughs> you know. And so their positive response proved that Paul was right when he bragged on them to Titus. I mean, you know how it is? Sometimes you can love people so much that it might cause you to kind of overstep the limits of perfect accuracy when you tell people how good they are. And I think he was a little anxious, especially when he didn't find Titus. Could he have maybe kind of oversold the idea of what their attitude was going to be? And so the fact that they verified those statements by their good response, you know, Paul Brees' of relief and is really happy, Titus is happy. Now think about that as a model for us. Not to disparage or malign other people. Because it is very much more difficult to reconcile yourself with somebody after you've spoken to other people badmouthing them, that makes it a, a lot harder to forgive and forget because now you've got other people and their mind poisoned because of your being upset with brother so and so, you know, at some point in time. Think about how that works with husbands and wives. You know, and here's, a, you know, husband and wife clinic 101, and this is probably about the most basic thing. But you know what happens? The two young, young, newly married uh, people have some kind of a problem between them. And she runs home to her mommy. And he runs home to his mommy. And tells them all how bad the other one was. Now you know what's going to happen between the husband and wife. They're going to get over it quick. They're going to reconcile. They're going to move on. But the mommies aren't. Because their poor baby was being mistreated by that horrible husband or wife they married. That's really a problem. Don't do that. Don't speak badly of your mate. If there's a real problem and you can't resolve it, the two of you together go to an elder and his wife or a strong Christian couple that's not related to you and sit down and discuss it. But when we speak badly about somebody to somebody else, that just creates all sorts of unnecessary complications. Really, I ought to speak more strongly to the person than I speak about the person. We do the opposite, right? Two of them I whip out and I don't really talk to them about what I need to, but I'm well, behind their back where well, I can lay them flat. That's not the way it ought to work. So I appreciate Paul in this. He probably almost overstated how good he thought they'd react, but they did. So that was a real blessing. And he says, wow, Titus' affection abounds all the more toward you. I mean, he remembers your obedience, how you received the message with fear and trembling. And so he's just really, really glad for the confidence that he can have now in them. And look at how well this dovetails into the next section. If I had to outline the book, it clearly outlines itself into 1 to 7, 8 9, and 10 to 13. I have no idea how to outline within those sections, but those sections are clear. And, uh, so he's transitioning to talking about the collection, and he's about to send Titus right back to help kind of work on that collection business. So what a perfect transition when he's telling them how much Titus cares about him, how much he loves them, how overjoyed he was and comforted he was by their response. That's a, you know, good way to represent him back to the Corinthians kind of working on getting this collection to be generous. Thoughts and comments on chapter 7. Jason. What do they call? I Good point. We need some good Tituses. We need some good bread and we can send. And yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's so a lot we don't know about Titus, but boy, what we do know makes you want to know more. Good point. Other thoughts? Uh, I guess I that you can argue about know of those uh, that people just have to be and saying, know so much certainly Paul Paul certainly knew he needed other people. jane the way Paul police have for them and talked to them that I think that the subtext or acting behind you talking, we're almost assuming they're going to pay us to project a message. We're kind of saying that even the way we're talking about it, but here's the option of hope for them showing how it's much better to be hopeful than skeptical. Alright, so let's move into chapter 8 and 9.